92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't write nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't, ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly. I can never drop square on a rap day. But let's pop it up before you know where. Just rebelling up, cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say, you Uh, today is the day when our ice age should uh, come to an end. Although school, obviously, still closed, feels like everywhere. University of Memphis closed all week. Um, boil water order will be evidently in force, in place until maybe Thursday. That's kind of crazy. Uh, but we're we're above freezing. We're going to be well above freezing, and uh, it feels that our long nightmare of winter weather, other nightmares, <laughs> may still be with us. But our long nightmare of winter weather uh, is coming to an end, uh, and so that is good. It has been a week. Eh, lots of other people have have suffered more, but I haven't gotten the mail had my garbage hauled away, or gotten the CA, for that matter, in a week. And uh, today, Jeffrey, am I going to get the CA? I, don't, I didn't have the CA today, and I, didn't get, I bet I don't get mail today. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. Trash? Um, maybe trash. I'm with you. How's your trash? I, I desperately need the trash. Trash is piling yeah. up, man. Trash yeah. is piling up. Do you have you had to go to an auxiliary container for trash? Not yet, but we would be there. Like, the next, the next bag would be there. So anyway, so all that's good. Uh, today's going to be a little different because, let's see, uh, we have a lot to talk about in the first hour. And, uh, and then in the second hour, I'm going to get in my car, my trusty minivan, and I'm going to drive to Chattanooga. Uh, I will be, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let Jeffrey uh, talk to Chris Harrington about the Grizzlies at that point. Grizzlies lose two on the road trip. They got Toronto. Uh, now and uh, but anyway, I'll let Jeffrey talk to to Chris while I focus on the road, and then I'll rejoin him after that. And the reason I'm doing that is another casualty of the winter. My son Andrew, who lives in Chattanooga, was delivering pizzas yesterday and slipped on the ice and broke his elbow. A very rare fracture, evidently, of the elbow. And so, what do I want? I want the good folks at the Campbell Clinic to. He can't drive. He can't. Well, I guess he could drive one handed, but. You know, that's tricky all the way from Chattanooga. And so I am going to fetch him to bring him back. He's going to need surgery later this week, all because of the ice. So uh, screw you, ice. Uh, but anyway, that's the lineup for today. I will be here the first hour, and then I'm going to head off uh, to fetch my son. But I will be joining you all by the phone in the final segment. That is the lineup for today. Um, this, this pertains to, uh, the Memphis Tigers and also to my beloved Buffalo Bills. I was at Costco Saturday and I had this fleeting thought and the thought was, I wish the Bills hadn't made the playoffs. (laughs) This is how sick I am. But I, I knew what was coming and I literally having sized it all up walking through Costco, doing my shopping. I said, you know what? I wish I just didn't have to deal with tomorrow. It would be better if it were over. And and very clearly, it's a result of the PTSD that comes from being a Buffalo Bills fan. But I think all sports fans 
can relate to some degree over the heartbreak of being a a fan. The the uh, the Athletic had the headline was the most tortured fan base in sports, uh, referring to the Bills. Lead the lead of this piece is like this. To be a Bills fan, I imagine, is to exist in a state of simple agony. A cycle repeating itself over and over, hope, then pain, hope, then pain, with a few missed field goals in between. Um, and, and indeed, I would put, if I can put just for this one team, the four moments of heartbreak and on my Mount Rushmore of heartbreak and stack it against any other franchise's heartbreak... I like my chances, and they would be on the left, wide right. Yep. Then there would be the Music City Miracle. Yep. Then there would be 13 seconds. Yep. And then on the right, nice bookends, bookends to this wide right. Rush, would be wide right. That's pretty damn impressive. And, I, and you all think I'm a crazy the way I am about sports, and I am because I miss the good stuff too. But it's very clearly why I am the way I am. Like, it is 100% PTSD and knowing what will... I, I knew all along this game was... I, I, I did not want Kansas City to come to Buffalo because... What's, the, what's worse than losing to Kansas City in Kansas City? Losing Kansas City in Buffalo where the freaking Kelseys are having a party? Throwing hearts to Taylor Swift? Lexi Johnston, my uh, Taylor Swift correspondent, she meant well. She said, oh, there was some great Taylor Swift content in that game. Like, oh, well, that's just great. That's just great. But this is not unique to me. The misery of sports is not unique to me. I have a, I have a, there's a, a listener named Jay who wrote me after the South Florida loss, the University of Memphis, South Florida loss. And uh, this is what he wrote me after that. This was before yesterday's Tulane loss. You know, Maybe you like me with your Buffalo fandom, but when that happened last night to the Tigers, something magical happens to me. I literally cease caring at all. Shut it down. Let go of the emotional rope. At this point, I no longer care. Three seed, eight, NIT, doesn't matter. I'm done. The football has once again been yanked out from in front of my Charlie Brown fandom. I care so much about the program and that school that it cuts me to my core when they struggle. I have upper-level season tickets, and when they are in tight games, I just go into the concourse and wander and listen to the sounds, groans, roars, etc. Usually this happens earlier in the season, but they fooled me for 17 games or so. But now I'm free. Now, Jay, when, of course, he said, I literally cease caring, that's a lie. Correct. He's telling him, it's, he is coping. It is how he is coping. He is coping by shutting down so you don't get the pain. But he cares. He's got freaking season tickets. He's out there in the concourse, wandering around, listening to the yeah, sounds. If you truly don't care, you can sit there and watch, watch it. Like it. And it's an amusement. You, exactly. You, you, oh, look at, look at, oh, look at the Let's Kelsey brothers next. having yeah. such a good time. Oh, look at that. Yeah, if you don't care. Yeah. Of course he cares. And for people from Buffalo and for people who care about the Memphis Tigers, yesterday was a very, very, very bad day. Clearly worse for my beloved Buffalo Bills, and we'll get to that uh, over the course of the show a little bit as we talk about all of the NFL. How do you feel generally, Jeffrey? How do you feel about, I mean, you did get in, in, in your battle of, heart, uh, of your two heartthrobs, <sighs> um, Detroit and Tampa Bay. They both played admirably. Yeah, I mean, people are going to kill Baker for the for pick the at pick, the end. But, but they were like, only in it because, like, he, yeah, played his he, was, ass off. he played his ass off. And golf has been awesome all year. Yeah. And so, uh, how'd you feel about that result? Did it was it okay? Uh, I, I, mean, want, I, I, don't, I, want I don't know it. how you can't like Detroit now. If you're not on the, if you are, um, don't have a dog in this fight. Totally agree. Detroit's got to be your well, team. The way I was looking at it is like, how can I really feel good for Tampa? Like. Right, I think that makes sense. Who needs Tampa right. to feel good? Like they, they seem to be doing just fine. They seem to be doing just fine. They got their Super Bowl. Well, they, on top uh, of that, like they got nice weather. Life is good. The lightning has won multiple yeah. Stanley Cups. Life, life, life is good. Life, I'm not, yeah. No. 
Uh, I like that for a whole bunch of reasons, Detroit, that we'll get into later. 49ers prevail. Um, that, the, that, I think, was the perfect game of the weekend because I know, I'm sure all the TV shows are blowing up Josh right now, but I actually thought that was the most perfect game because Brock Purdy was so bad. He was terrible. And then he puts together the one drive. Right. And so it's like, it's just so going to allow the Brock it's gonna, Purdy. It's going to allow the Brock Purdy discourse to just keep going and going and going. Uh, Ravens obviously persuasively that wasn't uh, that wasn't much. It was, it was surprisingly fun, tied at half. Fun for the, well the punt, punt return, punt return uh, change that. And then I mean, listen, it was a if if you wanted entertainment last night, uh, it was entertaining last night. I only I ducked in and out. Um, as I as I as I do, I was the weird thing is I was flipping between watching the game in agony, following the game, uh, like Jay, listening for the roars. But for me, that just means watching the 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 watching the ball go back and forth on ESPN, the game cast, I guess they call it. You yep. see, like you, you you realize it's second and third, you know, third and eight, whatever. You know, you're just not watching. You just a little emotional distance there, and then. There's a really good show on Netflix. I don't do shows, but Fool Me Once. Have you heard of this? Uh, Excellent. Excellent. Gripping. And also works for my Bills fandom. Perfect headline for my Bills fandom. Fool Me Once. Uh, Really good. I recommend it. So uh, if any of you are looking there for shows to binge, uh, there you go. Um, I've not heard of this. It's really good. It's really good. It's got good reviews. What's they say about it on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Fool Me Once. Let's see. What it see? was just released on January first. Yeah, yeah. What you see, see what you're saying. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I got a, I got a whole off season now. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, British show. <sighs> Meaning, I'd have to watch it with subtitles. Sixty-seven uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Also, the Tigers' uh, misery yesterday as they lose to Tulane. It was just yesterday. It feels like. That uh, we were debating whether the Tigers should be a three seed or a five seed, uh, whether they were being disrespected when for people were talking about them as a five seed. I saw, I think I think it was Field of sixty eight. I don't know where uh, John's outfit that he works with, where Penny was being discussed as the coach of the year. Um, this was the year when they finally had everything, and then. Uh, we get the two losses. First, blowing the 20-point lead to South Florida, and then the loss to Tulane yesterday, 81-79. Now, that's a loss that before the season began, you might have said, oh, Tigers are going to lose a couple games in conference, right? They, they are going to stumble a couple times, and so maybe the, the FAU games were obvious, for Atlantic games were obvious places where they might take an L. But at Tulane, they, they have before. They've struggled. They've that struggled was, with they've this. They've struggled there before. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's, that's an obvious one. The complexion was changed by the loss to South Florida. Um. If it were just what happened yesterday, I don't think we'd be reacting this way. Ah, things happen. You miss a shot at the end. You lose at Tulane. Sure, there's some bad numbers attached to it. Tulane had it had been 53 games since Tulane had beaten a top 25 team, and it had been since 1983 that they'd beaten a top 10 team. By the way, happened to be the Memphis Tigers. I mean, so there were some. Uh, you know, some numbers that you didn't love that were attached would be attached to that loss. Yeah, I cared less about that. I cared just about how they finished the game. Yeah, I was going to say. So uh, the the problem is, is we've now seen this two games in a row. It does not look like a team that's going to run through the rest of the schedule. Let's be honest. And now, if you go back, and you look at the close win over Vandy, and you look at the close win over Tulsa, and you look at the close win over UTSA. You wonder: Are those teams? Are those examples of a team playing down to its opponents, or are those examples of a team that, for one reason or another, maybe not talent, isn't as good as we thought it was? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the, the real question is, were they telling us all along who they were? Yeah, and we just were like, ah, oh, well, you know what? It's the holidays. Yep. Or you know what? It's the... Well, it goes back to your original point. Were we just lying to ourselves? <laughs> or it was, uh, well, well, how do you expect them to, after that non-conference schedule they played, they're just overlooking everybody. Or, no, maybe for one reason or another, and we can get into those reasons in a little bit, maybe they're not, just not that good. And indeed, if you now look back at the non-conference schedule... There is not a top 25 win in current top 25 yep. team in that non-conference schedule. And as Parth Padyai points out in his story in the Daily Memphian, there is no win over a team that is better than 33 in the net on that non-conference schedule. So now they have a week to figure it out. And then they've got UAB at UAB, game already sold out. And here we are. We mentioned this last week that it's almost two years to the day. Yesterday was actually, Saturday was two years to the day since the loss to SMU, the explosive Penny Hardaway press conference. Stop asking me stupid f***ing questions. Stop disrespecting me, bro. That was two years ago, Saturday. Uh, And so here we are. Uh, We've reached the Tigers in Crisis portion of the schedule um let's let's look at this two ways jeffrey a what particularly bothered you about the way they finished and b the bigger picture which we'll get to in a little bit what do you think is wrong with this team but let's just take the way they finished first what bothered you watching that unfold yesterday just the extreme lack of composure i mean you know, like we can talk about the last shot that some people were like bothered by, but like to me, it was just like the the entire last like two minutes just felt like a complete circus. For example, I mean, you get the you know you get the the tech the. I don't think it was the tech the last last uh, two minutes, last five minutes. Or yeah, five minutes. Okay, basically, sorry. they were up. Um, to me, the, the, honestly, the, 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 when they leave the corner three-pointer open, wide open, there's seven seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah. Tight game, final moments, Tulane inbounding, and you literally leave a three-point shooter wide open in the corner to hit a three-point shot? That was 100% reminiscent. Of the South Florida loss, where you just had complete brain, brain lock yeah. on a defensive switch in the final moments, and it just keeps happening. And then I think the shot selection, whatever you thought of the David Jones shot, and I don't think at that in that moment, sure, he scored 32. He's a good player. I don't think in that moment when you just need a two-pointer to tie, a 26-footer, uh, an NBA three is necessarily... What you want there? There was also, though, if you want to, if we, if we want to talk about shot selection, there was the. Uh, I, I, I mean, in the final moments, you had Jaden missing that layup completely, just yes. wildly missing that layup. Now in, they got they got the in rebound there, hilarious fashion. I guess depending on your sense of humor. I mean, the, it was like, say say like if you don't like take away emotion from this, if you're just watching that and right. you know like late game and you watch that that was the shot. Like, that was hilarious. And then you've got Ashton uh, Hardaway being inserted in the lineup. And listen, he's a wide-open three-point shooter. Sure. He is a three-point shooter. The problem is he hadn't played at all. And so you have him in, and he misses that three. Um, You have the, the, the flagrant, which was a soft flagrant, I thought. Yeah. I, I, yeah, um, I mean, you left it. Honestly, it was. It felt like a judge's decision. So, but again, that's the same thing. Like it, 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 against South Florida, it was a technical. Yeah, I mean, it was a uh, yeah against. Uh, yeah. it was a, it was a fla- it was a technical, and here's a flagrant, and so you have that going against you in the final moments. You have uh, you have horrifically bad defense in the final moments. You have not getting particularly good shots in the final moments. 
and then not you, not making any shots in the final. Not moment. making any shots in the final moments, and then you have another loss. And we can say this team will be fine, maybe. It, it some of this also just depends on on what your standard is. Like this was this was the year they weren't supposed to be at uh, eight nine. This was the year they weren't supposed to be a six. This was the year where we're debating whether they're going to be a three or a four. This was the year when you're going to break through and where we're getting to the Sweet 16 won't actually be much a chore because you've, you're have you seated so high that you're supposed to win these two games. That, so that, that's did, the, but I guess that's the question, though. Did it become that, or do you think were you starting from that position? Like before the season started? They had earned themselves into that position. Yeah. They had played themselves into the position where they were – a three or a four or at very least a five. Uh, maybe it was fool's gold. But they had played themselves into that position. This was that year. And to say though, so they say they'll be fine because they could be a six. They're not supposed to be a six. And by the way, it looks very much like they're back on the same they're spot. They're back in the same spot that they've been every damn year, which is worried a little bit about the bubble. Now, it clearly would be in today. I mean, there's no question about that. But worried a little bit about the bubble, worried about the seating. What are they going to do in the conference tournament? How many more losses are they going to take? Here we are. And then you have to win in order to get the Sweet 16. You got to upset somebody in the second round. Great to say, hey, they fought Gonzaga close. In the end, they lost to Gonzaga. It's a tough deal. You're setting yourself up. It's a tough hill to climb when you have that seating. And that's where, stunningly... Stunningly, they are. And I guess the question, then the second question is, Jeffrey, looking forward, are we just like, all right, well, this is just a a moment of tension, but this team has everything they need to, in fact, do what Tiger fans hoped they would do over the rest of the year. Going forward, they can run the table you know, with the exception of, you know, whatever, maybe splitting with FAU or something. Does it look like it's that team or does it look like a team that has real struggles and has a hell of a lot to figure out if it's going to do that and indeed seems unlikely to do that? I lean more towards the former than I do the latter. Um I mean, like, I think you can make the argument, like, another thing that, like, I didn't love about the last, the way they finished is, like, you're playing guys that you haven't played all year in this situation. Like, it feels like we're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I guess where I could make the positive spin, though, is time and time again, this is always a part in the calendar where a Penny Hardaway team has drama, shall we say? Is that is that the appropriate way to to phrase right. it, and they always end up figuring <laughs> well, it out. Yeah, here's the thing, though. A couple things about figuring out drama. One is, like two years ago, here was how I figured out the drama. Remove Amani Bates from the team. Sure. Like, it was it was, it was, was not easy, but it was, like, pretty easy. Yeah. Give, give the team, remove Amani Bates, give the team to the veterans. Um, I think this year it's more complicated to figure out. But is this more complicated than last year? Well, I, I think it is. Okay. I think last year was easy. And then secondly, even once you, quote, figured it out, you figured it enough to be an eight or nine seed. You, sure. didn't, you didn't figure it out enough to get to where you wanted to get. So, But um, the, those two teams that we're talking about specifically, though, they had not done nearly the amount of good work that this team had no. done. And again, I do, I'm with you. There is some context problems. Like, okay, well, was the work that they did in the early part of the season as good as we think? We don't know, but like we have to, what we have to like let the season play out. We do. Um, in terms of the things that this team has to figure out, I mean, the, 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 the it's the worst defensive team of Penny's. Yes, like so, I mean, that's the other. Did so you have like, any hope that they were getting a stop? No, in those last no, like, no, two? not yeah. at all. It was like they just had to keep scoring, and once they stopped scoring, it's like oh boy, they first se- they forced seven turnovers. Oh so boy, they gave up. Yeah, they they turned the ball over fourteen times and they forced seven turnovers. Yeah. So, um, so they're not turning them over. And they, they got out stops, <laughs> yeah. and they weren't like no. So, so there's that. Now there has been a lot of focus on the two Hardaways. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. Fan bases get start to unravel 
Losses create bitterness. And uh, we start to look for a scapegoat. We start to, or or reasons, either one, reasons. Here's the, like, and I, I I have some quibbles with the Hardaways. Like, I think Penny has a way of, not just the Hardaways, inserting players who don't need to play, particularly in the first half of games, which costs momentum. Yeah, this is not. Didn't yesterday, and uh, whatever, but whatever. So, um, here's the problem. Without Caleb Mills, and once Jaquan Walton got hurt yesterday, he didn't play at all in the second half, they have to play somebody. Sure. Like, in the end, who are they supposed to play? They they don't actually have, you know, they, they no longer have a deep bench. And so I don't think it is as surprising that you see the Hardaways. The other problem, though, is, is that it's not just that they played the Hardaways. Jaden took the second most shots on that team yesterday. Well, I think like, they were leaving him open. He now, mind you, it was close. He had seven. Yeah, but and I think a, your point is a bunch like, of players had six. But in, in what world do you want Quinterly taking six shots and Jaden Hardaway taking seven shots? Uh, no world. No world. And honestly, I don't want Ashton Hardaway as taking that shot, and I don't want Jaden like like whatever. Like, and I guess that's why. So I'm not. I am sympathetic to Penny playing players who don't need to play, typically. Broadly speaking, Penny playing players who don't need to play in the interest of being nice or something. Um, but I don't think that was so much the problem yesterday. No, there was he had to play somebody. There is an element of like, okay, well, look at who the Bills had to play at linebacker. Right, yesterday. exactly. Like, well, what, yeah, who, what, who do you got what left? You, what did you want him to do? Like, I mean, the Caleb Mills injury hurt badly, but then when you add the the Jaquan Walton injury on top of it, then it really screws you. So, but to your point, to the larger point about do is it more complicated than last year? I think it is super complicated because let's see. Here's some of the complications. In addition to just like figure out the defense, right? The just the chemistry complications. One is. You've got David Jones. David Jones is a tremendous player. Mm-hmm. Right? 32 points yesterday, tremendous player. I think David Jones getting all the shots and the atten- all the attention. This is just my supposition yeah. on the outside. He gets 24 shots, and except for Jaden Hardaway, no one else got more than six. I don't think the rest of the team prospers over that. I don't think it's a you know one for all, all for one spirit. I think it's no, I mentioned and I mean, this from the beginning. I think, and, and he's great at making shots. And I'm not. I don't know that there's another answer. I just think it complicates things because everybody came here to get their numbers, and in the end, one dude is getting his numbers. No, this isn't like an Andy Kennedy situation where Andy would just go and find like an undersized guard, you know, whether it was right. Marshall Henderson, Moody, and be like, "You're getting all the shots." I also think, though, to your point. I mean, I can't remember. It was, maybe it was the Virginia game where the broadcast crew was discussing Penny's comments about David Jones and like he's my favorite player to coach and like I I enjoy coaching him as much as I enjoy coaching my sons. Like I don't think that helps matters, right? I, I guess. And again, I don't think going. I'm not, I'm not saying go away from David Jones. He's tremendous. I'm just saying in terms of things that are complicated right. with this team and its chemistry. I think the fact that there is one player who is so dominant, and it's not on a team like last year where where everyone recognized the best players. Sure. Here, I think a lot of players think they're the best players on this team. So anyway, you got this this this. I, I don't know if it's a challenge or not. It seems to me like it might be a little of a challenge, particularly between David Jones and then Quinterly, right? Uh, although Quinterly's gotten plenty of shine too. Quinterly weirdly absent yesterday, and uh, and and has been typically very good down the stretch. He was uh, not particularly productive yesterday; only six shots. Um, but then you've got the bigs. Yeah. <laughs> then you got the bigs, and to the bigs we add Jordan Brown. Now Friday, everyone was pointing their fingers at Malco. Malco's got to be the Malco's got to be the problem. Remember, after Penny said he can't play certain, sure. after he said he plants can't play certain groups together. You're like, well. Is it Malco? Is it Malco and Tomlin? Malco doesn't want to play with Tomlin? We're all speculating about this. Well, then yesterday, Malco comes out in his best game of his career. 13 points, 8 rebounds, 8 blocks. Yeah. Just I mean, crazy. just so he was a complete force. With 5 force. minutes to go. Complete force in the middle. With 5 minutes to go, you'd think, okay, the column that will be written about this game is 
Malco. Malco saves yeah. the day. The guy who stayed, one of the East guys, in this moment of crisis, rises up and saves the day. Now, the ending went the way it went, but Malco was tremendous. Tomlin has not been. Mm-hmm. And now you add Jordan Brown to this mix as well. Jordan Brown rejoins the team, uh, didn't actually uh, get involved yesterday, but now there is that to sort out. And then there's the fact that there's Hardaways on this team, uh-huh. right? And I don't think, I mean, I guess there's a pecking order. We know the pecking order is David Jones and Quinterly, right? That's the pecking order. But I don't even know if they everyone likes that pecking order. And then what's the pecking order beyond that, right? Yes. What's the, I think it is. It seems like it changes game to game. I think it's really tricky to figure it out. Do I think they can? Of course. And indeed, this is a week when they can focus on all these issues and uh, they can come out and they can beat UAB and restore order and away you go. I will say I did not, ex- I 100 expected, I 100% expected that after, that on this day, I would be talking about the crushing disappointment of a Buffalo Bills loss. I 100% expected that. I did not expect on this day to wake up and be talking about a team that, a Memphis Tiger team that has lost two in a row um, to South Florida and to Tulane, and that is now, let's see, seventh in the conference. I did not expect that at all. So, what's going to happen, Jeffrey? I still think they're fine. Like, when you look at the rest of the league, I mean, you know, we watched FAU have to go through the same thing yesterday that Memphis went through with UTSA. Like, they needed a miracle to force overtime. And Right they, now, tell me this. What are they going to be seated? If you had to bet, you, I'll give you $100 if you guess me, tell me exactly their seed line. I think I'll probably go seven. I think six or seven. I actually do have some. Yeah. Despite all everything we just said about the reasons for concern, I still got David Jones. They well, got Quinterly. They got the bigs. If Walton, we don't really know what's wrong with Walton. They're a little shy on shooting now, right? But if Walton, yeah. if Walton, who was really good in the first half, if he's back and healthy, they're still a super talented team. And Penny has always gotten his team uh, better as the season goes on. It was interesting yesterday. Uh, he said, he said, uh, he said, everything we earned, we just gave it away. Which is not everything they earned, but but they they, they, they created uh, they created some a cushion for themselves, and they're giving that away. That is certainly true. And then he said, we've always been a last four in team. He also said the game plan was perfect. Mm-hmm. At some point, they go away from the game plan. Really that's, good plan. That's what, that's, what the, that's one of the things that Penny says. But here's the thing. He has always actually gotten the team to play better as the season goes along. And with this kind of talent on this team, it's a different kind of a challenge, I think. But with this kind of a talent on this team, if that trend holds, they should be fine. Now, I had hoped that we could skip the crisis point of the, not the, the bad loss, mm-hmm. but... I didn't. I'll be honest. I never expected them to lose two straight conference games. No, but like when they lost the South Florida game, I did sit thought they lose. To, they could lose to Tulane. Yeah, I, I mean, thought they would be re-engaged and refocused, and would beat Tulane. Yeah, and I mean, in fact, a, they should have. It was a three-point line. The the things that Tulane Tulane presents a unique challenge for them. Like they struggle with small guards. Like that's what Tulane has. They have it in spades. I know that. Memphis beat the absolute snot out of them last year in the conference tournament. But prior to that, what was it? Four straight conference regular season losses. Like this team, this team has been a matchup problem for the Tigers. So I kind of, I don't know. Like I, I'm not saying like oh. So you think what? there's one? The, the bad loss was South Florida. Correct. And then yesterday was just business as usual. Just yeah, kind of loss. Yesterday's shorter. Okay. You had a shorter turnaround than they did. Like bad matchup. Like yeah. All right, here's what we're going to do next. Uh, we'll take calls. Uh, next, 445-0929, is the phone number. And uh, I'll ask two questions. One, your thoughts on the Tigers. Uh, we, we talked to you last week. Uh, we can talk to you again uh, this week. 
uh, your thoughts on the Tigers, what ails them, your level of confidence that Penny will get this figured out. And secondly, um, if you want to discuss this larger question of misery and a sports fan and being a sports fan, um, how do you deal with it? Do you shrug it off? Does it actually ruin your day? I mean, yesterday was not Mario Chalmers for me. It just wasn't. Like, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl. It, it just wasn't. They didn't have the game won. Like, you can't get worse than Mario Chalmers. Um, no, I would agree. Mario Chalmers is, like, if I'm putting my, my, my four together of mm-hmm. wide right, wide right, 13 seconds, and Music City Miracle, eh, that's a pretty damn good four. Like, you all will go, uh, I don't know what else you'd put on your four if you were Memphis Tiger fans, but Mario Chalmers would really be standing alone. Uh, you'd have the Arkansas Much loss. Much like he was the, in the game. Uh, the, the hand check foul, Corey Back, whatever, like that one would be one. Um, but what do you do? How do you handle it? How are you handling it today, for that matter? Phone number is 449 We'll take your calls coming up next. I'll tell you, if you're selling your house, people will be out again. Uh, the, 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 the weather is broken. People will be out. Uh, and uh, so if you're selling your house, spring is coming, too, ladies and gentlemen. Before too long, Josh Heisaw is the person to call. I was talking to Charlotte, one of his clients. Charlotte selling her parents' home. A little worried. People going to try a low baller. It was maybe a little dated, you know, the way it can be. You're emotionally connected to your parents' home. Got with Josh. Put the house on the market. I had multiple offers. Absolutely thrilled with the way that it went. But if you go over to Google, you'll see Josh has more than 300 five-star Google reviews. Um, and so, again, if you are thinking of selling your house, Josh and his team at Keller Williams Realty, give him a call. 901-461-8147. 901-461-8147. Or Josh sells the Mid-South. Dot com. Taking your phone calls next on the Tigers or on sports misery in general. Uh, if you have any words of advice, 445 We'll do that when we return. Jeff Calkin Show on a Monday, 92.9 FM ESPN. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Don't miss out on limited-time appliance deals during the closeout event at Lowe's. Get up to 35% off select major appliances. Plus, save an extra $100 when you spend $999 or more on all major appliances. Hurry, these deals are too good to last long. Shop in-store or online today because Lowe's knows home improvement. Valid 1-4 through 124. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, see Lowe's.com for details. So I just saw that the Majestic Grill was voted the best place to hold a rehearsal dinner. Didn't surprise me at all. The Majestic Grill is historic, it's elegant, it's right there on Main Street, and it has an attentive staff and spectacular food. So the Majestic Grill is not only a great place for a rehearsal dinner, it's a great place for any private or group event. If you're interested, contact the Majestic Grill on their website, and their dedicated events manager will be in touch. It's the Majestic Grill, and it's the place for rehearsal dinners and everything else. Right downtown at 145 Main. At Gossett Mitsubishi on the Pike, new inventory is arriving daily, and we've got what you've been looking for to start the new year off right. Get off to a great year in your award-winning 2024 Mitsubishi Outlander. $329 a month, or buy it for $29,910. Take a spin in your new 2024 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross. $29,445, or lease for $449 a month. How about 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander PHEV? 420 total range MPGE, you own it for $649 a month. Plus, no worries with Mitsubishi's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. You want it? We gossip at Gossip Mitsubishi, 1870 Covington Pike, or online anytime, MemphisMitsubishi.com. If you want it, we gossip at Gossip Motor Cars. 
As Tennesseans, we all see and appreciate the abundant wildlife around us and the great fishing opportunities we have across our state. Thanks to your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. I'm Don King, reminding you that none of this would have been possible without the support of hunters and anglers who have purchased licenses and paid the bills over the years. Don't forget to purchase your license this year. It's a great investment in Tennessee's wildlife future. Jim Gaffigan here with some more straight talk. Let's take a moment to appreciate our sweet children, loving grandparents, and eternal soulmates. Now let's use them to save money on wireless. Because with the Straight Talk Silver Plan, you get four lines for just $25 a month with unlimited data and no contracts. So add those human pawns, I mean loved ones, and save money. Thanks, kids. You're finally worth it. Straight Talk Wireless, available at Walmart. Get four lines on Silver Unlimited for $25 per line per month, plus taxes and fees. For data management practices and additional terms, visit straighttalk.com. When my daughter gets a cold... I have a secret weapon. Dayquil Kids Berry from Vicks. Dayquil Kids is specially formulated to treat kids' most bothersome cold and cough symptoms quickly. And the best part is that Dayquil Kids Berry tastes really great. Aren't you supposed to be resting? Maybe. Dayquil Kids Berry. The kids' berrylicious daytime congestion, coughing, stuffy head, stuffy nose, just for kids. Medicine. Safe for kids six years plus. The NFL playoffs live on Odyssey. Throw, caught, touchdown as time expires. Unbelievable turn of events. Nonstop coverage from the biggest sports radio stations in the country. Podcasts dedicated to each NFL team and postseason games streaming live for free. Makes the handoff, looks right, throws right, hands zone, caught, touchdown. Your playoffs, your Odyssey. Get in the game and download the free Odyssey app today. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show. Live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. So most people gamble successfully they have fun five percent report spending too much money on gambling getting in arguments home over gambling too much emotional energy over gambling if that is you uh, i recommend the gambling clinic established in memphis in 1999 they've worked with over 1200 clients goal is to complete eight to ten weekly individual sessions with someone trained to help with gambling problems and addiction they're not anti-gambling 
Uh, It's personalized to help each individual gain control over the urges to gamble and build skills to gain capacity is what this says, but that's how they do it. They're not out of gambling. They'll meet with you, and they'll help you get control over it. Uh, You can reach out to them at thegamblingclinic.com, thegamblingclinic.com. All right, Uh, phones are lit up. Sorry we made you wait so long. 445 is phone numbers, 445-0929. If you have thoughts on the Memphis Tigers or on Memphis sports misery, I'm in the midst of that. We will take your calls. Jeffrey? Jeff, we got a mic in Memphis. Mike, you're on. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jeffrey, how are you, sir? I've been better. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my blood is blue, but it's got a little bit of purple hanging in there. It means it's getting a little bit dry, but it's going to be okay. You know, I just I just want to make a comment. I I can just listen to you, what right. you say, and, and for all the fair weather fans out there that talk a bunch of bull, you know, Memphis has lost four games. You know, and I kind of wish Memphis played teams that were. A hundred times better than who we play because if they tend to play better teams a lot better than what they do. But, you know, individually, you got a lot of talent. The team is just not gelling right now. And if you can give me your thoughts on that, man, I'd appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great day. Appreciate it. Uh, phone numbers four four five zero nine two nine four four five zero nine two nine. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the team not gelling. We talked about there is a lot of talent on this team. And I appreciate the sky's not falling sentiment. But I, I honestly... Jeffrey, I don't think people who quote unquote talk bull about the team, they just care about it differently. Like I, that's to the larger point about sports fans. So people care about teams differently. Just because you're critical of Penny's lineups doesn't mean you don't love the Tigers. If, for example, that's you, right? Yeah. If different other people are like, you know, uh, I, I'm never criticized my team or the coach or whatever, and that's fine yeah. too. There are different ways of being a fan. Doesn't mean you don't love them either way. Yeah, I mean, everyone's still trying to get to the same result. Everyone, yeah. Everyone wants good things for them. Four four five zero nine two nine. Who's next? Jeff, let's go to Joe in East Memphis. Joe, you're on. Hey, Joe. <clears throat> good morning, there, Jeff. We're okay. How are you? I'm good this morning. Well, partially, but uh, this is this is a hard team to figure out, man. This is one of yep. Tennis' most talented teams, but the worst defensive team. Oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, these guys do a lot of flybys, defensive. You know. What Penny is missing is that mayhem guy. I never thought I'd miss Alex Lomax. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to have a guy, <clears throat> a guy excuse me, that speeds things up. They don't have that pressurized guy that, that pressurized the ball, makes the team speed up. But all these guys are offensive guys. Yeah. Maybe he needs to take the Calipari uh, concept. I think at one time Calipari put a, a lid on the rim. Um at practice, you know, because yep. everybody wants to shoot. So if you put that on the, the lid on the rim and let these guys start playing defense, that's the problem with this team. They don't play defense. If they could figure the defense at being out, because that's Penny's, that's his concept. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, th- yeah, Jeffrey, who's a dog? Th- thank you. Four four five zero nine two nine. Who's a dog on this team? Obviously, they miss Caleb Mills dramatically. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the problem is he's probably the the guy that you would put in the, the dog category. But, I mean, I mean, the question I legitimately have is, you know, is this team capable of playing defense? Well, how are they wired? Like, yeah. individually, are the players wired? I don't, I don't think putting a lid on the basket is going to make these guys wired to play defense. No. All right. Defense is largely an attitude. Except for shout out for bringing Alo back another for yeah, another year. Four four five zero nine two nine. Who's next? Jeff, let's go to Jody in East Memphis. Jody, you're on. Hey, Jody. Hey, good morning. How y'all doing? We're okay. How are you? I'm doing okay. Happy New Year to you. And to you. Oh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so I'm watching the Tigers game, and I'm an avid fan. I've been a fan since I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I'm at the point now where I'm watching the games and I'm just predicting on how we're going to lose. I'm a Cowboys fan as well, so I do the same thing with them. I'm reading all the articles. I'm watching all of the videos, press conferences, all of that. And then when the game comes, I'm avidly watching, hoping that we win. But when we get down to the last minute. You just know they're going to lose. You just know they're going to lose. Yeah. How are we going to lose today? Yeah, so, no, I feel hey, your I'm pain. I'm a Tiger Thanks. fan. Appreciate I'm it. Still true blue, but at the end of the day, it, I appreciate it. Thanks. It is funny that they've only lost four games, and that's sort of how he feels. By the way, I kind of am apologetic. Like after the the Cowboys got smashed in the playoffs, I was celebrating on Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I feel bad. You regret for that? that? <laughs> yeah, because it just does. I, I told it hurts to lose, and they don't. No one needs me rubbing salt in the wound. You mean you don't need people pointing out that Jared Goff has more yeah. NFC Championship games yeah. appearances I, this decade? Than I got do. a lot of sympathy on Twitter yesterday, and I'm grateful for it. And mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of it was sincere. People, oh man, I was really sorry. Like I, they, they under, they understand how much I care, and so, and I understand, uh, understand our call. Can you? I don't know that you. I think it's too late to wish people Happy New Year, though. You know, I mean, Larry David would Larry agree David with you. Larry David would certainly yes. agree with us. 4450929. Who's next? Uh, Jeff, let's go to Joe and Olive Branch. Joe, you're on. Hey, guys. Good morning. I just want to talk more to the misery part. I know, good. Jeff, you mentioned the sensibilities of Buffalo and Memphis are very similar. So are the histories in terms of the Tigers that have been so close in 73 and 85. And I just remember in 08, um, I was a college student and watched most of the games with my buddies. I'm like, you know, my dad got me into Tiger basketball, so I watched the UCLA game there and then the obviously the Kansas game I just stared into silence for like, <laughs> for like an hour um, I think the history of the team matters because the Chalmers shot it's hard to top it except for Chris Jenkins did it at the buzzer that's a North Carolina fan base that literally got back the next year and won right. the championship it's as totally a Tiger fan, different yes right as a Tiger fan you know who knows if we ever get back? I mean, Alabama um, lost in the in the playoff. Who the hell cares? Why do we care about right. Alabama losing in or, overtime? Like, come on, man, yeah. seriously? Or, right. I mean, Falcons 28-3, that one, you don't know when they'll get back. Um, yeah, but they're hiring the coach that did it to them. I actually, but here's my question. That, I actually wonder, with, this, with, the, with the Tigers, is the bigger source of misery not Chalmers or some moment? Is it, in fact... The conference stuff again, and I, I'm just thinking. I was thinking about misery in sports fandom. Isn't it? Isn't that the biggest source of misery? It's a more macro source of misery. But that every uh, moment you're passed over. No, I, I no. think it's all. I mean, March Madness is so unique in that the best team isn't always going to win when you right. have 64 teams. I think it's about what happens in the oh, tournament. Um, like that's. And another one I just wanted to mention. Well, FAU was, no, FAU was no fun last year, just to take another one, for example. Right? That's, that's, that's absolutely true. I think individual sports and rooting for them, uh, Jeff, from what I hear from him, sounds like we listen to the same podcast, like No Lane Up. I'm a big Jordan Spieth fan. The 2016 Masters, it's, it's still hard. Whenever he goes back, just, I just want him to get another green jacket. I think watching individuals crumble, and golf especially, the magnifying glasses on every hole. I think that is one of the tougher ones as far as if you're a fan of a particular golf or huh, tennis player, whatever. Yeah. Well, it's, a slow, it. it's a slow, painful burn. Uh, all right. Phone, phone numbers four four five zero nine two nine. Our topics of the day are sports misery and the Memphis Tigers, whichever one you want to take up. Uh, we are taking your calls. Who's next? Jeff, let's go to Melvin in Midtown. Melvin, you're on. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's happening in the background, Melvin? What is it? I'm just curious about the noise. Sounds like heavy work going on. Melvin. Melvin. I didn't mean to shame him into leaving. I just wanted to know what was happening. People are out and working again. All right. It's well, always tough when it's always tough when you don't hear the like when you I, answer the call. It's like, like good work. I think he's back. He's back. Go ahead, Melvin. What's happening? No, I was in a bad spot. That's all right. Let me hit on a couple of things. First guy, first off, and like if you watch this Tiger team, like we've been watching basketball for years. Yeah. I don't watch every game, and I know when Javon Quigley just don't give a damn because he get he threw some passes. You like if the guy had five turnovers in the second half plus the flavor. That's six turnovers. That's more turnovers than he had shot attempts. Now let's go back to the first half, right? You know, Walton started out, he's on fire. Here comes David Jones, and I know he's the best player. I was saying that we were winning. He's the best selfish player we ever had. He, when he took four possessions, <laughs> well, he, he, he charged, he turned the ball over, and he threw yeah. a bad pass. Like four straight possessions, and like that'd be killing you. So, and another thing, y'all, okay, Walton got hurt. I get it. Ain't no damn world where Jaden Holloway should be playing 28 minutes, and he bricked a layup in the first half. He oh. bricked another layup. He missed shots. And I don't want, I hate to be, you know, that critical, but like Penny Hardaway puts himself in that position. He'd be ready for somebody to get hurt. Like, he used to start Jada. Instead of, like, we knew Jonathan Lawson had way more upside than him. But he's always going to start Jada. Like, Jalen Young, he can't score. I get that. But if you look at it in the, in the game, when he comes in, he's, he's, he's a defensive uh, 
force. I mean, he probably, we know Jaquan Quinter, he can't guard. He got bad knees, and he probably would tack how he played the whole game. Man, at 28 minutes for then, last game, okay, let's go back to the last game when he didn't sub. He said, okay, everybody was cold. What he do last night, he put his son in and played. So the stuff he said, he get he get the media all the ammunition to say that I don't got no control of the key. I, I do the game plan, they don't they don't uh, execute it. Like you saying, in the, they said, what happened the last seven minutes? Well, we got the hero ball. Okay, you can't call a timeout. You can't substitute. You just sit there and just let it play out like that. So that's on him. He and I be defending like people saying, "Fam, all that is done." But all I right. mean, all this fall back on him, man. We appreciate it's on it, him. Man. Thank you. I, I will say that's one of Penny's less. Uh, the, the whole my game plan was perfect. The play, the players like like mm-hmm. that. That it gets a little wearisome. It is interesting. I loved a couple things he just said. Best selfish player we've ever had. Mm-hmm. That's a great line, and it does conjure up. I, he says, "I can tell when Javon Quinlan doesn't give a, give a damn." That conjures up the Nate Oates quote about uh, his sure. current point guard. And Nate Oates, of course, who coached Quinterly, said, "I think it makes us a lot better as a team when you don't have to beg your point guard to bring effort every day." Uh, four four five zero nine two nine. Who's next? Jeff, let's go to Dennis in Whitehaven. Dennis, you're on. Hey guys, good morning. What's happening? Well, look, Jeff. Uh, two two points, man. I want to make on both of those. First, the sports mission. Jeff, I don't care what you say. I know you're a Bills fan, man. I'm a Cowboys fan. You want to talk about misery, pain? <laughs> I mean, I've been going through it. I was in high school, man. Before last time we went to the NFC Championship, and I was in high school thirty years ago, thirty five years ago. So I mean, okay. Part, let me ask you this: Do you remember fans, the Super Bowls? Uh, do you were you do you remember the Super Bowls? If you get it, if yeah, you can remember, well, see, I can't remember a Bill Super Bowl because there hasn't been one. Well, you know what, though, Jeff? When I, I'll say this: I tell people this all the time. I think you guys actually have the best team that never get talked about in NFL history because who's made it to what four Super Bowls, or five Super Bowls, yep. in a row? I mean, that's never happened. They'll never talk about it because you guys didn't win. But, man, that had to be one of the best teams ever. But uh, my other point, uh-huh. as far as the Titans, man, I think it's just defense. I think it's defense and the small things. This is the worst defensive team that he's had. I mean, they make brain parts all over the place. Uh, David Jones or whoever man that was to leave the Scion guy over Crazy. the corner. Seven seconds, seven seconds left on the freaking shot clock. How do you do that? And I think it's just, like I said, Malcolm said in the post game, we, we, we play defense, but we can't decide when we want to play defense. And I think that's uh, a huge thing where he said. Now, he didn't say a name, but we can all put it together, man. And free throw shooting, the last thing I bring up, it was 14 to 22. Yeah. You know, so I don't think the sky is falling. You know, we, we put ourselves in this position before. We've been trying to fight out of it. All right, thanks very much. Uh, we got a couple more callers on this, and we'll take them if you're on the line. Uh, Jeffrey, who's next? Jeff, we have Mike in Midtown. Mike, you're on. Good morning. Hey, Mike. I uh, I would like to say, yeah, Kalapari, when you would go watch him, he would make a big example of kids who didn't give maximum effort on defense. He'd put you in, and if you got beat on your first possession and gave up a bucket, you came out 10, 11 seconds later, and he would chew you all the way to the sideline. And everyone in the arena, when you watch the Tigers play, knew whose fault it was. He wasn't given maximum effort, and he would sit there for five minutes. He'd get another chance, but he would give maximum effort the next time. And if we're giving up 100 points to UTSA, that's like kind of what we need, I think. I mean, and... and if uh, if a coach says, i got a great game plan and the players aren't executing it, well, part of your job as a coach is to hold the players accountable. And when they give up, you know, 23-pointers against UTSA, nobody gets pulled out of the game. So i got to say, coach, hold them accountable. But the other thing I want to say about misery in sports, I have great empathy for the Bills fans because I'm a Lions fan since 1983. Oh. Right? Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. We didn't go. Well, hold on. That's, I mean, hey, we're not. I've been a Lions fan since 1983 when I was fortunate enough to have my father coaching for the the Lions. We went out to Candlestick Park. Gary Danielson threw five interceptions, but we somehow (laughs) managed to overcome that. Uh We managed to overcome that. Took the lead with about four minutes to play. 
Joe Montana has one of his great Joe Montana drives, scores with a minute. We come back, and Eddie Murray misses like a 40-yard field goal on the last play of the game. So my question for you is, why am I such a bad person that I have allowed my son to become a Lions fan knowing what's going to happen yeah, next weekend? Yeah. And I'm just here for it yeah. to laugh at the uh, misery. You're a good, you're a good man. Because Thanks. what if it doesn't? Thank you very much. You know, <laughs> at, at, at my, my kids and I, two of my three sons, have a had a text going on the Bills game yesterday. And at the end, I just said, you know, I'm really, really happy they're Bills fans. I mean, I... I, I